0: Something happened one magical night I forgot that you existed And I thought that it would kill me but it didn't And it was so nice So peaceful and This is Real Talk with Ben Tompkins, presented by Four Roses. I never thought I'd come in with a Taylor Swift intro, but I gotta say, that song, kind of a banger. I like this song. I kinda like this song. I'd never heard this song before, and I got introduced to it, and I must say, I like it. (laughs) How's everybody doing? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Four Roses Bourbon, and, uh... Yeah, I haven't really put a lot of stuff out recently. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of like working through kind of a couple week funk. I'm getting back on track. Uh, My life lacks consistency. So sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down, sometimes I'm functional despite pushing through uh, depression and this is just what it looks like. Sometimes I might not do something, and honestly, a couple different things just kind of knocked me off course. Still, 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 all right, still here, still kicking, all right. But uh, yeah, I, I just kind of had a couple things that kind of put a funk in my life the last couple weeks, and I didn't drive a lot last week because of the downtown activity. There were protests. There were people walking, um, you know, and and that's great but obviously when the indictments or lack of indictments I should say came down and it was clear that Brett Hankinson was only going to be the one charged with anything um wanting endangerment and the other two were going to walk well once those you know that once that was released i just wasn't trying to drive at all because i didn't want to get pulled downtown and just run the risk of getting caught you know, with a a caravan walking. And and listen, I I support protesters. I support people using and exercising their right to peacefully protest. Um, I'm not with people destroying property and setting things on fire and shooting people and shooting innocent people and shooting cops and and, um, getting violent, but I'm with peaceful protesting. But if I can avoid being downtown, if I don't need to be there, um with my car then that's what I'm going to do. And with the way that Uber works, like I have no control over where it takes me. And if I just sit there and look and basically screen read the whole time and see okay, this one is going to take me downtown. Okay, this is a request that's coming in from over here in Bardstown Road. Like and I just reject all of those. Then your percentage goes down. Something called an acceptance rate. And if you don't keep those above a certain percentage, then you get faded as a driver. Like the the, the app basically just stops sending requests your way. And you know I I, I just don't want to get there. So I just figured you know what I'm 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 not going to drive because uh, there are more important things kind of going on, and I'm just going to kind of sit these th- this week out and. Uh, you know, it is what it is. A uh, couple things. I, I have a few uber stories. I did. I do have a few uber stories that we'll get to today. Um, also, some thoughts on the presidential debate last night and just kind of wrapping a ribbon on Brianna Taylor. Um, here's the thing. I, I just don't understand how you don't charge all three of these guys with something. I just, the fact is, Someone lost their life at the hands of these guys Albeit under really shitty circumstances Where you've got cops that are entering a house That they are presumably shot at That then, what are they thinking, right? They are getting shot at, they're going to shoot And on the other side of that You have two people who are laying in bed Or or up, you know, doing whatever in their home But in the safety of their own home It doesn't matter what they were doing They were in their own home and they assume That people are breaking into their house And so what are you going to do You know if you're a dad of three kids Or if you're a single mother Or just like try to understand That if you think that somebody's breaking into your house What are you going to do You're probably going to grab your gun if you have one in the house And you don't know who's coming in that door And It just it, it, It's just unfortunate It's really unfortunate And unfortunately uh but 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 here's the thing I still think I still think albeit under unfortunate circumstances that the fact is these police officers like they resulted in an innocent woman losing her life and if it was me and if it was you and if it was anybody else and we either voluntarily or involuntarily ended the life of someone else we would be held accountable That's all I want to see. And I think that that's all that the protesters want to see too is that people aren't held accountable when they cause someone else's life to death and it's a black life. And that's the whole thing about Black Lives Matter is that we are not just expendable. It's not just, oh, well, you know, a couple of black people died here, a couple of black people died there. No, it's that, you know, we want to be treated equally. <laughs> it's a crazy thing in 2020 to be thinking of like but that that's that's it man it's not political it's not I'm not with all this other stuff defund the police all this other stuff that's being talked about on the debate last night it's just that that's it and um i there there's apparently a new lawsuit that's seeking to release the court proceedings, like the grand jury proceedings, because the grand juror, one of them, is saying, "Well, we were actually misled by Daniel Cameron. We didn't know that there were other charges that we could have charged these other two cops with." I, it was supposed to come out today. It's now going to come out Friday. So we're going to get a little bit more from the story. But I just, I, I just keep on coming back to that. Even if I was stone cold sober and killed someone in my car, and it was completely an accident. Then you would probably, I would probably still be charged with like in, involuntary manslaughter or vehicular manslaughter or some kind of a degree that says you caused another life to end. And whether you are going to be proven guilty or not, you should still be charged and have to go to court and have to go through that process. I think that's fair. I think that's just. Whether the cops were going to be, it's one thing to be charged, it's another thing to be convicted, right? And so whether they were going to be convicted, that's probably very unlikely because of the circumstances in this case, right? But I think that you, I mean, what? What's what, why not charge him? I mean, I, I just don't understand that. And Hankinson, the guy that does get charged, gets charged with... Not even the bullets that went into her apartment. They were bullets that went into another another house. You know what I mean? Like, that just doesn't make sense. And you wonder why people are upset and people are still protesting. It's because they feel like they've been eating the same shit sandwich for hundreds of years. Thousands of examples of cops walking. They don't face charges. Aren't held accountable. That's the same feeling. It's like the same trauma over and over and over again. You know, It's it's... Look how far we've come, yet here we still are. That's what it's about. That's what it's about, you know? Where do we go from here? I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Not all cops are bad. There are good cops all over this world. And not all protesters are violent. Not all black people are criminals. Not all black people are thugs. We have to find a way to coexist. I mean, it's just... (laughs) It... it. it, (laughs) I don't, I, I'm at a loss for words I, Because I, I, I don't have the answer I don't, I don't have the solution um, The only thing that I can do Is try to educate people that I come across Is to be the positive change That I wish to see in the world The way that I treat people on a day-to-day basis And the things that I talk about That's, that's how I feel I can contribute the most And, um, I mean, short of that Voting, I mean, go vote You know, don't just sit on your ass I'm actually going to vote for the first time in an election because when the 2016 election was happening, I was living out in California and I didn't I just didn't request a mail-in ballot or whatever and didn't even bother to mess with it. I just completely disconnected from Hillary and Donald Trump and, and here we are with Joe Biden and Donald Trump and I you know I, I, I honestly feel the same feeling, you know, what's the point? especially if the Electoral College is going to supersede whatever the uh, popular vote is, like we've seen. And, and, and when that happens, it's kind of well, then what's the point of even voting if it doesn't come down to the popular vote? That doesn't make a ton of sense. But you know what I'm not going to do? I am not going to be the person that sits there and complains that also didn't vote, because shut the fuck up. If you are not going to participate and you're not at least going to make that attempt, then you have no room to complain or bitch or give your suggestions or your two cents because it's irrelevant. Your two cents and your opinion is your vote. Cast it, okay? Show up at the polling place or request the mail-in ballot, whatever you got to do, but just do it. And people that, I feel like honestly a lot of the times um, people that complain the most are the people that when you... Actually press them They'll say they voted But if you actually press them They're like Okay yeah I, I didn't vote Because blah 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 blah. And it's like Well then Why does your opinion matter at all You're irrelevant You didn't even do it In the way that you're supposed to do it And now you're going to sit here and pe- I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear it I'm not going to be that guy I'm not going to be that guy. And, you know, to be honest, I'm really not the guy that sits here and complains about politics at all. I, I mean, I, 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 I really am not um, doing this debate thing. And this is going to be the first time that I think I've probably ever talked real politics. Uh, and I'm not even talking politics. I'm just giving a couple of takes uh, based on what we saw last night. But I just, I, I just, I... <laughs> The people that do that, uh, I just I don't have a lot of respect for. It, you know, because it's like speak up. You had your chance. Oh, now you want to start to you know use your voice and complain and and you, those I feel like tend to be some of the loudest ones that are complaining. And yet, when it comes down to it, they didn't even they didn't even vote, they didn't even vote. So shut the fuck up. Um, I did watch the debate last night. <laughs> what a shit show. I saw a tweet that said, Nixon looked a little sweaty at one debate and our parents literally talked about that for decades. What a time. Do you guys, I don't know if you did, I mean, you. Ah. so maybe, you, maybe the, some of this will um, kind of refresh some memory a little bit. Going back on if you ever took a US history or politics course or anything like that. But when you looked at the presidential election between Nixon and John Kennedy, uh, the reason that one of the reasons that Kennedy was given a benefit of the doubt was because he was so fucking handsome, but also because Nixon appeared. To be sweaty and nervous on these presidential debates. Some of the, I think they were the very first, I think the 1960 election was the very first presidential debate that was ever broadcast on television. And because of that, Nixon looking a little sweaty and refusing the makeup people questioned his competency as a president I mean that's how crazy you know but but that happened and so um, that would that really played into a big part of shaping public perception about John F Kennedy um, and kind of him maintaining that perception as this cool suave you know just unbothered guy and Nixon looking like your sweaty uncle who's trying to talk to you about Derivatives. It just you're just like, I I don't like this guy, right? And so that happened. Uh last night, I wonder what people who watched that debate in the sixties were thinking if they, you know, have lived to to watch that debate last night. Um Wow. I uh a couple things. Biden really was struggling to form some of his sentences. And it kind of is like that same thing with Nixon, right? He's sweaty. You start to wonder about him. Biden not being able to speak clearly and get some of his sentences out. You know, he's kind of stuttering and stammering over himself. Doesn't necessarily exude confidence. And I think some of the people probably watching that, I certainly was watching that a little bit. Like, you know, I, I, I also... I don't think that we should judge people based on, hey, this person never jumbles their words. They're a perfect public speaker. You know, public speaking is a pretty hard thing. But I also think that when you are repetitively doing it, it does kind of make you wonder, is he nervous? Is he is he forgetting things? You know, like that's kind of a knock that's been uh, thrown his way a little bit unfairly, I, I think. But then again, guys, 77 years old, who knows? You know, who knows? I don't know. I don't know either, okay? But I just think that probably is one of the things. Uh, watching that debate last night, where it's like, you know, yeah, and and listen, tough circumstances. I mean, he's got a guy that's being, you know, interrupting him the whole time, and then he's trying to talk, and he's being insulted, and yeah, that that could even throw off the some of the best public speakers in the world. But uh, yeah, I just I don't know. There's that, okay. Um, The thing with Biden looking directly into the camera, look, I think if you do that one time, it can be a really powerful thing. I think it can have a really powerful effect. Cool, right? But when you keep coming back to it like it's your go-to move and we've seen it three times in 20 minutes, it feels kind of gimmicky. And it felt kind of gimmicky last night, you know? The whole, I'm going to answer this question looking directly into the soul of America, that just feels like one time, okay, I get it. Hey, I get it, you know? You got some really serious, important shit that you want to really drive home and and have a really dramatic effect on people, do it. Look right in the camera and speak your truth, man. But if you keep coming back to it every time you want to say something, it just, to me... It makes me feel like Oh this isn't very genuine at all This is just like Just a politician politicking You know what I mean This is just kind of business as usual Like do I actually believe The things that are coming out of his mouth now That he's come back to this 19 times In this whole segment Or this whole debate Um, Or does it have the same effect As if you know You you do it one time And you do it to really land The point that you're trying to make Um, To me it feels gimmicky So that was a takeaway Uh One thing that I did really like about um, Biden's performance last night, though, is (laughs) this sounds so goofy, and and it is, and, you know, whatever, but just his use of the word man. Come on, man. Shut up, man. You know, I think that makes him sound not like a politician, but just like a regular dude, like a guy. You know, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's just humanizing to me. And I wasn't looking at him when he said that as, like, a president or a presidential candidate, I was looking at him like, "Oh yeah, you know these people that we build up on pedestals and think are almighty and important. Uh, doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden or it doesn't matter, you know who it is. But then when you hear them talk like we talk, it's it's almost like, oh yeah, that's just a guy. You know, holds public office and was the vice president, and but he's but he's just he's still a guy. And that that was um, you know." Not enough to make me like. That's not the reason that if I was going to vote for Biden, that I would go out and vote vote for Biden just because he goes out and says, "Come on, man," or "Shut up, clown," or "Shut up, man." You know what I mean? But like that, I don't know. To me, that that that, that says something. Like, okay, he's 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 a dude. That's a guy. Okay, Chris Wallace, the moderator, was. Obviously at his wits end And if I were him I would have had a punching bag In the back Where I could just go And wail on that thing After everything was over Like <sighs> You know Like he was So Flustered And frustrated And I think he did a really good job Of um, Kind of regathering himself And not letting himself Get distracted by You know The sideshow And He never really lost His train of thought which Which is amazing to me um, that you could sit up there and watch everything that's going on and still keep that thing rolling forward. I think he did a good job in that sense. Um, I I don't think that he did a good job in containing the two guys, mostly Trump, let's be honest. But, but then again, how do you do that? Short of cutting their mics and I do think that they should do that in the next election. I mean, I get wanting to make your point and raising your hand, but like but listen to that. Raise your hand. Wow, what a novel idea to raise your hand and wait your turn to be called upon to speak, you know? Cut the mics. Cut the mics. Cut the mics. And if somebody has something, they can raise their hand and when appropriate I think they should be able to have their mic turned on and then go but if you can't respect the two minutes and you know you expect it to be respected for you but then when you yield and the other guy has their two minutes and you won't shut up then you know it, it makes it kind of tough it makes it really tough. So, yeah, and, and, and then that's when you start having, like, it was supposed to be like an hour and a half long, right, um, you know, six 15-minute segments, but obviously, I mean, that thing's ending not directly at 10.30, it's going over. Why is that? Because two children were on stage, and they, they, they couldn't respect each other enough to shut up while the other was talking. So, mute the mics, I, you know, and 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 cut out all that interrupting. I, I think um, that should be done. And then Trump, first of all, <laughs> it looked like they applied his spray tan with a shotgun. Like, he stood there and somebody loaded up a 12-gauge shotgun with tanning oil and blasted him in the face from point-blank range. Like, he was laughably orange. To the point where, between the wisps... Of his visibly thinning blonde or white or bleach blonde or whatever you want to call that dyed mess up top, you could seal his pale-ass scalp with what looked like orange paint circled around the fringes of the hair that he still has. I want to know, who tells him, Donald, you look great. Go out there and kill him. You know what I mean? Like, who does that? Of all the people that Trump has fired for not doing their job, it's amazing that the person that Green lights him right before he goes on stage Or does an interview Or makes a public appearance Says, you look great Donald, thumbs up You know <laughs> How does that person still have a job I, I, I don't understand that one. Uh, second of all Trump had an opportunity to shut down white supremacy And he failed to do that He failed to do that Stand down and stand by, he said You know, those are orders given by generals To their soldiers And you know what the Proud Boys did They posted a bunch of shit on their social media sites, yes, like last night and today, saying, standing down and standing by, sir. Like, they're celebrating it today. They think that their savior, Jesus Christ himself, just blessed them with the sign of the cross, you know? (laughs) That kind of blew that one, kind of blew that one, kind of blew that one. And then what, the, the, the thing that really bothered me as well, Trump... Really took a low blow at one of Joe Biden's sons, making fun of him for at one time being and battling a cocaine addiction, and I think Joe handled that one really well. You could tell he was pissed off. He kind of raised his voice and he got a little, he got a little upset, um, but rightfully so. I mean, that's a personal, personal attack, and it pissed him off. It pissed me off, you know. Um, I I don't think that addiction is a is a sign of weakness. I think it is a disease. I think that it is. A force that has wrecked many, many lives, and that Trump would sink to that level in his mind to be delivering this devastating blow to Joe Biden, like, I'm gonna get him with this one. Um, you know, you, here's like Trump says that he respects diseases and mental illness and he he encourages people, but it's all just bullshit, right? Because if the first opportunity that you get to insult somebody and that's where you go with it, that's the ammunition that you use against somebody else in a fight, then what does that tell you? You know, what does that really tell you about his attitude and the way that he thinks? Uh, It's pretty evident to me. And and then, like, besides the fact that it wasn't even Joe Biden, like, he's taking a shot at his son. Like, it's not Joe Biden's, you know, issue, addiction. It's his son's addiction. That bothered me. That really bothered me. Donald Trump is a piece of shit for that. For many reasons, but, but for that one, uh, specifically last night as well. And final thought, Trump's just a fraud. He's just a fraud. He says, my plan to do this, my plan to do that, but he has none. He can't speak about the things that he's actually going to do because he doesn't have any. Not one time was he able to speak about and lay out a plan for anything. He just wanted to rip Bidens or blame Obama or, or blame Democrats or the radical left or bring up stuff from the 90s. You know, Trump is that person that asks you, oh, what are you thinking about for dinner? And you're throwing out all these suggestions about where to eat that night. And you're like, okay, well, do you want pizza? No. You want sushi? Gross. Mexican? Had it last week. You want chicken wings? Nah. Pasta? Ooh, no. Okay, so then, okay, do you have a better idea? Nope, but yours sucks so bad. Okay, but do you have any ideas to contribute here? What are you thinking? Any input would be helpful. And the person just looks at you kind of blankly and they go, I don't know, I got nothing, but yours were terrible. Like, okay, we get it. You don't like these suggestions. You don't like this plan. You don't like what was done previously. So how are you going to fix it? What are you proposing that we do? Oh, nothing? Oh, okay then sit the fuck down, please. Again, if you have nothing to contribute, then why are you even talking? I I, 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 I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I just don't get it, okay? I hate the fact that Biden is 77 years old. I hate the fact that these are our two candidates. I hate everything about this. And yet I, I can say that and I can still love America and I can still love being here. I just wish our options were better. I wish our options weren't, Conservative psycho boomer versus a guy that's going to be 80 years old soon and that honestly has a checkered past in some regards as well. You know, I don't think either of these guys are perfect, but you know, I come back to this thing that I read about you're not looking for perfection in candidates, you're just looking for somebody that's going to act as a vehicle that's going to take you closer to where you're trying to go, right? And, and where you're trying to go is your beliefs and where you'd like to see this country move in terms of whatever your cause is, whatever your social issues, whatever you're, you know, selling, essentially, or buying. Um, that's it, man. Nobody's perfect. But um, for the record, I am anti-conservative, especially on social issues. So I'm going to vote for the person that least represents conservatism to me. And in this case, it's Biden. I don't think anybody, here. here's the thing is like, I don't think anybody watching the debate last night was swayed one way or the other in terms of like, everybody, come on, man, be honest. Everybody watching the debate last night, you know where, you know, you know already who you're going to vote for. Like, let's just be real. Uh, I, I don't think <laughs> if there's, if there's 1% of the country, who are sitting down in front of their TVs last night, and then with the other two debates that are going to be coming in the next couple weeks, I don't think that there's 1% that are sitting down that are going, oh, well, I'm undecided, I'm on the fence, and so tonight, I'm really going to give both candidates a shot and see who makes a more convincing argument, persuade me. That's how it should be, but that's not really how it is. And this is real talk, so this is what we do. And you're not giving me real talk if you tell me that you went in last night unbiased, thinking, well, I guess it's going to be whoever sways me their way. No, come on, man. No, come on, man. You know, it's just, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. I think, by and large, everybody knows where they're going in November. And um, as fun as it was last night to watch... And kind of as cringeworthy as it was to watch Cringe watching a little bit last night You know, it's just like Well, this is what we got This is what we got But, like I said, I, I'm not I, I'm gonna vote I'm not gonna be one of these people that Talks about it and talks about it and talks about it And, and I never post political shit on on Facebook or Twitter And I, I tweeted some stuff last night as I'm watching the debate But I I really don't get into politics that much. And and it is what it is, but at least I'm going to do my part. And whatever happens, happens. And I'll at least be able to live with uh, the comfort of knowing that I did all that I could. I literally did all that I could. All right, let's get into some Uber stories. I have uh, about three or four. And this first one, we'll call her Shayla. All right, I picked Shayla up from one of the hospital care places. And we had a 25-minute ride back to her house. So she gets in and I say, did you have a doctor's appointment? Yeah, I go for treatments every day. I said, every day you got to make this trip, 25 minutes there and back? She said, yeah, they Uber me to and from every day. What do you get treatments for? I get antibiotics for a really bad bone infection, so they have to do an IV every day. I'm like, damn, how time-consuming is that? She said, well... About an hour and a half But I only have four weeks left So you know And I said how long have you been doing that She said two weeks One week in the hospital And and one week there And I said how did it get infected She said well My ankle got crushed in a car accident Four years ago So I had like four prior surgeries on it And I have hardware in there So the bone is sick anyways And then I got a spider bite From a brown recluse this past summer and they tried to treat it with antibiotics via mouth, like orally, but they had to go in and cut out two big spots in my leg, and then the infection had gone into my bone, so it was just terrible. And I'm literally sitting here like like shivering, like spiders... And divorce are my two biggest fears in life, and I tell her this, and I'm like, uh, the sp- the thought of a spider like doing that is, is just yuck. Like I, I, I mean, it-, it creeps me out right now. Okay, I don't want to talk more about it and think about it more, but but like it-, it just ugh, gross. She said, yeah, and that just really aggravated this already weak part of my body. But the antibiotics they save my leg, and I was like, good, good, good. And she said, yeah, because amputation is not an option for me. And I said, But they that's like they were seriously talking about that as something that might be needed to be done. And she said, Yeah. See, I was working with my boyfriend this past summer and I knew I had gotten bit by something, but I didn't know how bad it was gonna get. And when it started swelling up, you know, I, I just thought that it was normal because of these previous injuries and, and my leg kind of will always flare up sometimes. And I just thought, well, I'm gonna take what the doctor's giving me and use this cream, and it'll be fine, but nope, got to the point where if I wouldn't have made it to the hospital within 48 hours, I would have been dead, I'm like, oh my god, how are you supposed to know though, you know, what are you, you're doing what the doctor is telling you to do, but it's not working, like, you don't, like, that's just scary, that's really scary, I'm, I'm glad that everything worked out, she said, yeah, I mean, again, the swelling, I just thought that was normal because of the previous injuries that I had had to my leg. And every now and then, you know, like I said, it flares up, it swells up from those surgeries. But, you know, the swelling of my whole leg, I just didn't think that was from a spider bite. So, yeah, I was in the hospital for a week. And here's another thing. I coded um, in the hospital after the surgery. And they sent me up to my room. And that night, I don't know what happened but I woke up with everyone around my bed and they were like we had to call rapid response because you coded. Uh and she said I'm like what do you mean? And then I asked what does that mean? And she said I damn near died. And then when I thought about this later um when you code blue that that's what she's talking about. I just had never any, heard anybody say I coded. I was like what do you <laughs> wait, you I wait, what? Uh blue code code blue um that's what she's talking about and and that is when you almost die like all hands on deck holy fucking shit this person's about to die we need all the help we can get right that's a code blue so she said yeah i damn near died i I guess that infection just went through my body and my body couldn't take it anymore and that was weird i mean but you know weird crap always happens to me but not like that so I said, again, well, I'm, I'm glad you're still here. And she said, well, thank you. I am too. I, I still can't believe it myself. And then because she said weird crap always happens to me, I, naturally my mind goes, okay, well, is that the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? She said, oh, no, I, I do have this weird brain condition too. So I've had two surgeries and they gave me only a 10% chance to live through each one of these surgeries. But that was eight years ago. And she said basically she had a condition where her brain protrudes into her spinal column and causes a disruption in her spinal fluid from like your brain to your spinal column, which causes something called hydrocephalitis, which is the swelling of spinal fluid on your brain. And she said, it's, it's really weird. And it doesn't progress until your late 20s, early 30s. And I was like, damn, that's scary to think that you could be living with something like that for the first quarter of your life, beyond the first quarter of your life, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that would just really be a tough way to go because you've experienced everything as this healthy, able-bodied person, and then to just get sick out of nowhere, that would just suck, and I feel for anybody that has gone through that or will go through that or anything like those circumstances, but, you know, just getting sick, that's just, that sucks, man, and and I hate it, okay, Um But she's like, yeah, that's, I just had these migraines all my life, but I, you know, obviously I never thought that it could be my, my brain swelling up. I was like, wow. She said, yeah. And I told my daughter, you know, I figured that would have killed me, but all of this from a damn spider bite, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) So I said, well, I got to think having lived through that, you, you have to have a pretty great appreciation of life and just, yeah, just. I mean the little things And she said yeah you do You really do um, I look at the sky a little differently And I really don't take anything for granted And if there's one thing that I do When I meet people it's, it's to tell them to don't take things for granted Even the little things Because they could just end like that And then it's gone So that was a really That was a I mean a fascinating ride An interesting ride um, Glad that she's doing okay and uh, that was cool. This next one I picked up, we'll call her Michaela. I picked up Michaela to go to a bar for the Monday night football game. This is this past Monday, right? The Ravens and the Chiefs. I thought it was going to be better than the Super Bowl. Our boy, Lamar, Louisville's finest. The Ravens kind of sucked. They really kind of sucked in that game, and The Chiefs are amazing. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's getting called the Michael Jordan of the NFL today. (laughs) You know, like, the underhand thoughts. I mean, okay, listen, I digress, I digress, I digress. But before the Monday Night Football game kicked off, I was even like, this is supposed to be better than the Super Bowl. This could be better than the Super Bowl, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I figured I I didn't want to drive and I want to have my car tomorrow and I didn't want to have to leave my car there. And I said, well, that's very smart of you, you know? That's that's why I'm here, you know She said, yeah, and somebody just died Leaving the bar Friday night I said, oh, no way Yeah, she drove the wrong way down Blankenbaker So I said, you know, I'll probably just Uber tonight And I was like, wow, what a shame You know, that's really a shame She said, yeah, she was 21 years old And the news hasn't really reported That she was leaving the bar Which is probably good for the bar And I said, yeah, and good for her legacy, right? She said, well, sure Cause she hit another car, but those people weren't injured, thank goodness. But you know, she didn't have her seatbelt on, and we were when we were there the other night. There was an officer getting video and pulling her tab and stuff, and that that was just like holy shit. I hadn't I hadn't heard of that, you know. And uh, if you Google it, there are news articles on WDRB and on WLKY about this. It happened Friday night. Twenty-one year old girl. Got in a car accident, killed her. Um, that's devastating. That's really sad. Uh, you know, obviously, don't drink and drive. Call Uber like my girl Michaela. Okay, be smart out here. Be smart out here. Come on, come on, y'all. Uh, the next one, th- these two, I got a one-liner, and then uh, just a funny scene. Okay, picture this. Picture this, you guys. You know me. I mean, come on, you know me, right? I mean, just. Imagine some of the times when I tell these stories, just the situations that I find myself in, you know, just like kind of smiling, like going about my business are just wild. Uh, Even sometimes I don't even understand how all these things come together. And this one isn't really that crazy. I mean, I've definitely been in uh, probably 50 crazier circumstances when I'm just like, this is cool. I'm cool, you know, thriving. Uh, But this is one where I just kind of shake my head and laugh. This woman gets in, we'll call her Marissa, she's got four kids with her, all right, all under the age of five, she's got a baby on her hip, no shirt, and one of these kids had shit their pants, because I smelled human feces as soon as she sat down, and I imagine, I I mean, I gotta think that it's the kid who's in a diaper with no shirt on her hip. Um, Listen, I love kids, but kids driving, you know, driving kids around in the car, kind of sucks like i can't imagine being a parent sometimes i really can't uh because kids are back there hanging on the tv monitors and they're they're just playing with stuff and they're loud they're crying and they're so temperamental that they can just be like totally chill but then start crying out of nowhere and it's like what what happened what happened we were doing so well you know what i mean so she's got four kids all under the age of five, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, please don't be a long ride. Oh, please, no one, like, throw up or anything, you know? Uh, so it, the smell is is killing me, and we make a stop on somewhere off of Dixie Highway, and we're just we're stopped at, like, a red light, but I've got a car full of kids. One of them's crying. There is a dude in the street on Dixie Highway, literally yelling at somebody, stopping traffic on the other lanes. And I'm just sitting here, smiling, kind of nodding my head, listening to Kygo, just bopping. (laughs) And I'm literally sitting there silently thinking like, this is crazy. Like, this is my life right now. Like, what is my life right now? I got all these kids in the back, one of them. Obviously, shit his pants. There's this dude in the street yelling at cars. Traffic is stopped on their side. Uh, what am I doing? I, I <laughs> yeah, even amazing for me sometimes. I don't know how I do it. I don't know how I do it. Okay, final story, and we'll have more next week. It's just been, you know, I haven't, I didn't drive as much in in this last week, and uh, we'll get back next week, next Wednesday, more Uber stories, part eleven. But the one liner of the week comes from a woman we'll call Leslie and Leslie lived in Richmond Virginia and her husband was from here and we, we talked about a bunch of different things but she wins the one-liner of the week award because we were talking about future plans of ours you know and she said sometimes you just got to leap and hope for the best and hope that it all works out and that really hit me deep that really hit me deep. And she's right. She's absolutely right. That's the realest talk I've heard in the last couple weeks from Leslie. Shout out. is because you don't know. You can't predict the future. You can try to make all these things line up, but ultimately, whatever it's going to be is going to be, right? Uh, A more religious saying is let go and let God. Sometimes you just got to leap. You just got to hope that it works out. You just got to pray and hope that you have put yourself in a good position and that you're going to get a little lucky and your hard work is going to meet opportunity and, you know, it'll just click. Um, But if you're kind of on the ledge in some aspect of your life, if you're thinking about, I don't know, should I take this risk? Should I take this job? Should I date this person? Do it. Just do it. Sometimes you just got to do it, man, and just hope that it works out. And if it doesn't, okay, now you know, you know, and it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you failed. It just means that you went down a path. It wasn't where you thought it was going to go, and you get back to your main path, and then you keep going down the maze. Like, that's it, man. Life is a maze, right? And when when I would sit there and do those mazes, you know, Trying to find the way out of the maze Like you know what I'm talking about Like in in a coloring book or in a newspaper Or something like that And you're trying, you're doing it in pencil So you can kind of like be like Nope, I got it on my very first one And show your brother like Not that I ever did that, right? But sometimes you're just kind of tracing And you're following along these paths And you think it's the right path You think that you are going along with the right path But then you realize, whoops, dead end Okay, I gotta go back Okay, I gotta go find a new path Okay, I got to go find a new way to push forward. That's all it is. That's all it is. And that, to me, even if you do incur failures along the way, is success in itself. Because success, to me, is never giving up. It's never, it's never giving in. It's continuing to try and lift yourself up, make your situation better, and ultimately get closer to your goals. I think failure is giving up and just saying, oh, dead end, fine fucking I'm done you know I give way more credit to the person that continues getting back backtracking get back on the right track and then keep finding ways because ultimately if you look at those two people over the course of a lifetime well one person is much further from where they started and the other person's still there at the start line afraid to make leaps afraid to take risks afraid to go out on their own and venture out on their own because they're paralyzed by the fear of failure. But to me, if you don't even start the race, then you failed. So leap, leap, and hope that it's all gonna work out. Does that make sense? I like that one, I really do. I really like that one. And I, I love rides like that. And even though our, our conversation was, like that part of our conversation was brief, it, it was still profound enough to be like, that's the one-liner of the week right there, boom. Leslie, with that fucking real talk, off the top row, coming off the balcony, I love it, I love it, Um, that's all I got, man, Kind uh, kind of a shorter one, there are, I'm still lining up Friday's guest, okay, but next Friday, I can tell you that I'm very excited to have on Marsha Reynolds, who is a writer for psychology.com. She's a certified coach. She has written a number of books. And I'm going to have her on and interview her about triggers, about emotional triggers, about identifying our own triggers, about creating healthier responses to these triggers and how to cope when we are triggered. And I'm not just talking about like triggered in the sense that you see your your uh, you know uncle or a friend or somebody post something political on Facebook and then you're really triggered. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like deep-seated traumas that triggers you to go into a multiple-week binge or to revert back to old toxic habits. Those kind of triggers, okay? That's what we're gonna focus on. And I hope that, again, going and, and getting real with this shit and looking kind of deeply and, and being open about it will either help you do the same, encourage you to do the same, that you'll see that it's not taboo or a stigma to talk about this kind of stuff. It's, uh, you know, if you want to get your life back on track or get your life better or improve it, then you kind of have to do the work and figure these things out. And, yeah, it's uncomfortable sometimes. And, yeah, it can be brutally honest if you really need to sit there and look in the mirror and go, wow, let's take an honest evaluation of where we're at and let's change some things. You know, it's just, it's part of it, but it's part of it. You know, again, it comes back to the person that sits there at the finish line or, or sits there at the start line and never never ventures down any path at all. It's like, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, do you still want to be the same person with the same problems? I don't. I don't at all. And I hope that me bringing some of these people on and examining some of these topics. I first of all, I know that I'm not alone in, in in a lot of these topics that we talk about, whether it's productivity or addiction or social issues or where whatever whether whatever the issue is. I know that these are broad enough topics, you know, that it might be specific to me in some cases, but I know that this these types of things affect a lot of people. and I, I just my goal. With, with this whole thing Is just to help people That's it To empower To motivate To inspire And if you listen to this And you feel like Wow I, I can do it too You know If he can do it I can do it That That is my greatest Possible goal, um, and and would be the greatest possible success. You know, just to get that one person that's like, hey, that really helped me. You know, that really kind of put it into perspective. I really learned something from listening to that person. I feel better about this thing in my life, whatever it is, and whether it's on the interviews that I do here or in the conversations that I'm having with my Uber riders, um, that's cool to me. That's really cool to me. So, I don't know where any of this goes, and I'm just rambling at this point. I think it'd be dope to be honestly a motivational speaker or to become one of these like personal coaches because like I can I can talk about sports and I can get hyped about sports just as much as anybody else can, but it doesn't really really like give me goosebumps or make me want to cry when I'm talking about things like a lot of the topics that that I talk about with writers or these interviewers and um, you know I I think anything that you do in life needs to come from like that kind of a passion that pit in your stomach that like you know ultimately this is my why this is why i'm here this is it this is what i care about this is what motivates me to get up and and do this every single day repeat the grind rinse repeat rinse repeat i i just that's the kind of shit i get off on is helping people and and making people feel like i can do it too i can do it too so um I hope, that, uh, <laughs> I hope that it does reach its intended goal. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about triggers. I'm still lining up a guest for this week, but um, that's kind of where we're at. So, good. Everybody, have a great couple of days. Um, I'll talk to you on Friday regardless because... Um, I will have on Jake Glasscock again and we'll do a little mini like uh, gambling segment. We'll make some picks and that'll be kind of a, a thing moving forward on Fridays. Um, it'll just be at the end of the interviews. We'll make some picks. Or maybe I'll, you know, I might start doing that on Saturday mornings, actually. Um, yeah. Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings. Before the lines, or, like before the games start. But um, I will talk to you guys again. <laughs> Keep drinking your Four Roses bourbon and be mellow, my friends. I'll talk to you soon. That's it for me. I am Ben Tompkins. That is Real Talk.